Well, good morning, Eastside family and friends. So glad you joined us this Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to continue in our series again in the book of John, our journey through John. Uh, right now, we're in uh, a part of John that is, uh, you know, it's all in red. So it's really hard to pick out, you know, what you want to uh, talk about. But um, as we uh, find ourselves in this in this still this kind of a lockdown in North Carolina, uh, soon to be over, we pray. Um, uh, my question always to the Lord is, you know, what, what are you doing for me? What are you doing for the church? You know, what are you doing in our nation? All those things. And, uh, and I just want us to make sure that we're taking advantage of what God's doing. I think uh, and I'm thinking uh, as I go through the week that, you know, the government might be quarantining us, but I, but I really believe we're being quarantined by Jesus. I think he's trying to get the church's attention. I tr think he's trying to purify the church. He's trying to get our eyes off of situations and our busyness and get our eyes on him. There's so much that we could be learning. Uh, we see statistics all the time about how much time people are spending on social media and I just want to encourage you not to lose your focus. Jesus did not put us in quarantine so that we could spend more time on social media. Uh, he, he, he put us on this quarantine so that we could value the things he values. And I encourage you today that you stay focused on that. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about this area of time that we're in as far as the season of the year. You know, Easter has just happened. And 50 days after Easter, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes. That's called Pentecost. It, it actually means 50. And I want to start focusing on that because one of the things I believe the Lord's doing is as he purifies the church, as he gets us focused on the right direction, as he gets fathers and mothers leading their family and, and teaching their kids and each other the word of God, we're going to come back and there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we've never witnessed in the, church, in the history of the church. If the church will turn their eyes to Jesus, it's going to be an amazing time. So I'm excited about the possibilities that we, we're approaching as the Lord brings the church back together. Uh, we know that there are probably more people uh, turning to Jesus right now than any other time in the history of the church. And so, and so right now uh, is the time of, of moving into Pentecost, which was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I want to kind of talk about that, and I want to talk about Jesus understanding that this was a need that needed to happen to the church for, for a, a lot of reasons, and we get into that in John chapter 16. Uh, we see that Jesus sees into the future, into the Father's plans in the future. He, 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 he sees his ascension into heaven. He, he sees at the Last Supper, he sees Judas. He, he knows what's coming. He's in the garden. He's, he's sweating blood because he, he sees the stress that, he, that, that is facing him. He knows that he's going to be raised again, and he knows that he needs to be raised again so that he can send the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so he's going he's to send the Holy Spirit, and he knows that it is to our benefit that he goes away and that he sends the Helper to help convince us 
the way of truth. So let's look at John chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 1 and go through 15. These things I've spoken to you, Jesus says, that you should not be made to stumble, that uh, they will put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the time is coming that when whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. In other words, some people are going to die by church leadership because of their belief and their dedication to the ways of God. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I've told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told them to you. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things, you, you sorrow, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Why don't you just say that out loud to the Lord? It's to your, it is to my advantage that you went away, Lord. It's to my advantage that, that you went away. I'm looking for my spot. Y'all are used to this, I'm sure. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. He says, he goes on to say, I still have many things to say to you. In other words, it hadn't all been said yet. But you can't handle it now. You can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, I just want to stop and pause right there. When it comes to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the understanding of our need for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and then your, your receptivity to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we've got to know that everybody's on a different progressive pathway. What the church likes to do is it likes to kind of come up with this systematic approach of, of how everybody's going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you right now that, that this, this encounter with the Holy Spirit is an individual thing that's on this pathway of progress for every individual. Again, last week we talked about the sluice gate. As you pursue God, as you pursue the Holy Spirit, as your heart desires to be aligned with Him and be filled with the Holy Spirit, so, so you will be filled. He says again, let me just read it again. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear it now. However, when the Spirit of God, truth comes, he, He's going to guide you in all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He, he will give you information that you shouldn't have. In other words, he will do the same thing to us in the church as he did to Jesus. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew what was needed. He is going to be available for us to do the same thing. He'll tell us what's to come. And so this is what I want you to hear me say today, that the Holy Spirit has purpose in this quarantine. This Holy Spirit wants to teach you in the midst of this time. Now, if our focus is on something different than His Word, His way, or His Spirit, then we're not going to be able to hear what the Lord wants to say. 
And so our focus, our, 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 our busyness, our, 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 our habits that we've, that we've made in, in these times of busyness, God has, has taken that away and given you opportunity to pursue him. I pray, my prayer is that we take advantage of this time. It's going to end soon. It's going to end soon. Recommit yourself to discovering the work of the Holy Spirit, hearing what the Holy Spirit has for you, getting fresh vision from him on, on how to carry out the ministry that he has for you on this earth. You've been called. You're the called out ones, called to be a witness to Jesus, to do the things that Jesus did. He says he's not going to speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify Jesus for he, the Holy Spirit, will take of what is Jesus and declare it to you and me. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And so we see that Jesus understands that, that there's going to this benefit for him leaving, which is wild. We would think, that, man, I wish I could walk with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you can't handle everything that's going to, that's going to come your way. I've got so much more to tell you. But the way that that's going to transpire is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's going to send the helper to convince you to all truth. The question that they ask uh, in Acts chapter 1 is, uh, you know, are you going to return? You're going to return Jerusalem to power. When are you going to restore your rule and reign. And Jesus says, it's not that, it's not, that's not, that's not what your focus should be. Your focus should be on being about the mission that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you. He always knew the time and the progressive systematic approach that God was going to use with each individual. See, it's amazing to me that the whole life of Peter, the whole life of Peter, I mean, Peter is this this one human being, but as soon as Acts chapter 2 happens, Peter's a whole different person. As soon as Peter has this encounter with the Holy Spirit, he preaches the most powerful sermon that's probably ever been preached. He, he had information, he had knowledge, he could touch, the, he could put the scriptures together. It flowed out of his mouth in a way that so impressed even those learned scholars, that isn't this just a fisherman? Isn't this guy the guy that just been with Jesus? And so there's this power that comes with Peter. Now, uh, what, what Jesus said is, he says, so I know that you need it. I, I know that you've got to have it to have understanding. There's this progressive way of doing things that I'm going to put about into the life of the believer. Now, what I want to do is I want you to go into quarantine in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit's poured out. Now, what we see is we see Jesus, you know, he, 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 he died. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, he died. He rose again. He, he appeared to Peter. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared to more than 500 at one time. He obviously cooked breakfast on the shores we talked about last week. And then he ascended into heaven and he said, you go to Jerusalem. I want you to just stay there. I want you to wait on the promise of power that was promised by the Father. 
And so he knows that, that we need power to prepare us for the future. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power to be able to di differentiate between sin and righteousness. There's going to be this clarity that's made available to believers that we know what sin is. We, 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 in our hearts, in our minds, we know what sin is. But most of all, we know what righteousness is. And what God says, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, who is God, who is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an anointing. It is it, is, it, it comes as an anointing because the person of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and indwells you. That's why Jesus said, as we talked about last week, we're going to come make our home with you. But he says that he's going to guide us into all truth. And what you need to get a hold of, he says, all truth. And he's going to do it as you pursue the Lord in, your, in, his, in his own time. So what was key? Well, first of all, it was key that they were obedient to the quarantine of Jesus. If, if they hadn't gone up to Jerusalem, if they didn't wait, and I don't know what the situation was like, but we know that Paul writes about it in Corinthians that were 500 people that saw Jesus at one time, but there weren't 500 people waiting in the upper room. We don't know if they had invitation or not, but one of the things that I know is that everybody is called and the Holy Spirit is available to all who believe, but not everybody pursues, not everybody attacks, not everybody has the same heart to, to agree with righteousness, to receive the power from God to actually produce righteousness. And that's what Jesus knew that we would get. We would get power to, to acknowledge sin, power to do righteousness, progressive power to guide us into all truth. Obedience is key. Another thing that's extremely key that I want us to understand about the Holy Spirit, I grew up in a tradition that really didn't talk about the Holy Spirit much. I actually got, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe, at a funeral. And then, and then a couple of weeks later, I, I had another encounter with the Holy Spirit. It was, it was mind blowing. It, it, it changed everything about my world. My, my, my uh, understanding of the mercy and the love of God. My understanding that God was a close up God, not a far off God, watching us from a distance. That was, that was huge to me. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was like Peter. Nothing ever was the same. Nothing ever was the same for me. It, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I, was a whole, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even identify with my old self. I was so born again. I was so changed that my way of thinking died and my thinking was renewed. But it wasn't complete because I had then to begin to pursue the work of the Holy Spirit, get an understanding of, of what the Holy Spirit's role is, is in the life of the believer. And so I started studying spiritual gifts. I've got this Bible called the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. I highly recommend it. Jack Hayford, who is one of the most uh, respected theologians, is the general editor of that. The, the footnotes and the content about the Holy Spirit in the back, there was this study on the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. 
I looked up every scripture. I studied everything I could. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of time. I'm talking about hours and hours and hours now. This is just when I got saved so that I can have an understanding that, that, that this God, this miraculous God who wants to pour out in a miraculous supernatural way, his power on me wants to give me revelation of how he works and how he has relationship with me. And there's nobody that can do that for me. And I had that understanding. And so I went after God to discover what God wanted for my life and how he wanted to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so the thing that I want you to know is, is that somebody else's experience isn't going to be your experience with the Holy Spirit. He knows your heart. He knows what you desire. He knows what you're, how bad you want him. I wanted him very badly. And, and he just, he began to unveil and unravel the scriptures and, 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 and what it meant to actually operate in supernatural power. But to, to, to get that understanding, I had to be open to the miraculous. And I became open to the miraculous because of my encounter with the Holy Spirit. I knew this wasn't man. I knew this wasn't produced. I didn't have any education. I didn't have any understanding. But God touched me. And I wanted to pursue more of who he was. And so I had to be open to the miraculous because this is, this is a miraculous thing. This is, a, this is not just, it's not just this, this systematic approach that we can put into uh, steps, one, two, three, four. No, this is a relationship, individual relationship encounter with the living God. And it is, in, it is a supernatural, uh, it's a supernatural event. Let me just read Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, and then I'm going to read into a little bit of chapter 2 to help us understand this. Uh, so these guys were obedient to the quarantine that Jesus put them in in Jerusalem. And look what it says. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them to depart from Jerusalem. And he says, but I, I want you to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We need to understand that Jesus ascended and Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when they come, had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Listen to this. We pay way too much attention to this. Jesus said this. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria unto the end of the earth. Now, God, uh, Jesus is getting the attention off all the stuff that Jesus has come back. Jesus has come back. He is coming back. And, and, and we, we don't know when that is. We can see that the seasons look like they're drawing closer and closer and closer. But our focus doesn't need to be on that. Our focus needs to be about the mission as a servant, as a witness of the Most High God, the mission that we're called to do, empowered by the Holy Spirit, being ready when he comes. The focus doesn't need to be on when's he coming, when's he coming, when's he coming. The focus needs to be on am I going to be caught doing the thing that he created me to be doing? And I have to be doing that only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week we heard what Jesus said. He said, you can do nothing without me. 
as we abide in him and the Holy Spirit abides in us and, and leads us into all truth and gives us information that we shouldn't have because he's going to show us what's to come. And then we're going to be able to administrate the work of the Holy Spirit as we go. He's calling the church to that. That's what he's calling the church to. He's calling the church to be way out front in prayer and intercession. He's calling the church. He, Jesus got irritated at those that were in charge because, because they had perverted the house of God. And the house of God was supposed to be a house of prayer. I think that same correction is being made today to the church. And so as we follow the Holy Spirit, as, as so as he reveals what's to come, we are to, we are to administrate through the power of the Holy Spirit what the church's assignment is as we go. Now let's continue. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. These all continue with one accord. They stay there in quarantine in prayer and supplication with the women and the mother of Jesus and, and his brothers who at first didn't even believe. And then it says in chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, a rushing mighty wind. Now what I want you to understand, again, like last week when Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, there wasn't a big zipper in the sky and the zipper didn't open and there wasn't a bird that landed on Jesus. That was the author's best description of what he was seeing and, and, and the, and, and the uh, way he could describe it to a reader. The same is true here. They were in one accord and suddenly a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It wasn't wind. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the supernatural realm being opened up and, uh, and being able to be heard and seen by all the people. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, it wasn't fire. It just, it was the best description. It was the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh. And each, each person got filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, maybe next week we'll get into other things about this. But what I want you to, to see is is that there was obedience. There was an understanding that they believed Jesus, that he knew what was coming and that, that they would receive power. And then each one did receive power as Jesus had promised on the day of Pentecost. And from that moment on, their lives changed. They were never, ever the same again. Peter was never the same man. Now, we've seen throughout history, even in Acts, where Simon wants to buy the ability to lay hands on people so that receive the Holy Spirit, that there's always been perversion in this area. But what I want you to understand is this was a miraculous work of God. It will be a miraculous work of God in your life. There's no systematic approach other than relationship with the Holy Spirit that can gain you access to this. You cannot buy your way in. You can't manipulate your way into this relationship with the Holy Spirit. It has to be your heart's desire. That's why Jesus says, here's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, and all your strength. 
It's, it's a love for righteousness. It's a love for Jesus. You have that passion and that love for him and he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. It's a promise to all who believe. You don't have to fret. You don't have to, you don't have to strive. You just have to pursue Jesus. Pursue his love. Submit to his love. Be teachable by him. Desire to know him, to know his way. And if you have a heart to submit to that, he will empower you to do so. And all these gifts that are outlined in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians and in Romans will be available to you. Will you start operating in those immediately? No, you won't. There's a progressive progress that God has for you as you grow and mature in him, as you become complete, lacking nothing in him. He wants you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of him. And so this is a supernatural, supernatural, miraculous uh, event. And then after that event, you see Peter declare Joel's prophecy saying this, the spirit will be poured out on all people. The spirit is available to all who believe. Allow the miraculous power of God to work in you. There's a place in John where it says, don't let your belief in Jesus be in vain. There's a place that it can be in vain. It's only in vain when we don't submit ourselves to the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've been stiff in arm of the Holy Spirit because you don't understand, let me just tell you right now, you're never going to understand the Holy Spirit. There are people who act like they understand it, but they don't. It's miraculous. It's out of this world. It's, it's not normal. You know, the miraculous is God set up a, a, a he, he set up an economy. He set up a scientific economy. He set up a mathematical economy. Everything has a, an economy. And everything works off of each other. Miraculous means that those laws that God had established at creation, he, 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 he supersedes those laws. That's the miraculous. You are filled with the Holy Spirit in a miraculous way. He's going to supersede the laws that were created at the foundation of the world. And you're going to, he's going to make his home with you. And the reason he could do it is because Jesus came as a man and fully gone. He died. He raised again. He ascended to heaven. And he poured out his Holy Spirit available to all who believe. And for such a time as this, he's going to pour out his spirit like we've never seen. It's Pentecost is coming. God has quarantined the church so that, so that the Holy Spirit can do his work so that we can be corrected, so that we can repent, so that we can realign ourselves with the mission of God. Don't waste the time. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Allow him to anoint you, empower you to do the ministry that you were called to do. Adjust you 
Adjust your families. Adjust your priorities. Adjust your value system. Adjust your nucleus, what, what your family centers on. And then when we come back together as a church, this place is going to explode. It's going to explode from power and do it on high. I hope you don't resist. I hope you receive him today. I hope you love him with all your heart. Desire Jesus more than you desire anything. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today that you knew beforehand what we would need to be successful. I thank you, God, that Jesus, that you knew that you had to ascend. There's so much more you want us to do. There's so much more you want to reveal to us, but we just can't bear it yet. There, there's still more that you're going to reveal, Jesus, but we can't bear it yet. But God, you promised that you're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh, that when we believe we've got the Holy Spirit, we can be filled with your spirit. We can, we can, we can, have information as we pursue you, as we purify our hearts by, by the work of the cross and by our submission to your work in our lives, by a desire to understand our relationship with the Holy Spirit and to allow him freely to empower us to do the supernatural. May we be open to the miraculous as we pursue you, as we pursue your spirit, as we pursue the ministry that you called us to, empowered by you. We can do nothing without you. I thank you for the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. We bless you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.